You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And finally, spoiler alert. No matter when this film was released, there's a good possibility I will be revealing spoilers about the plot or even possibly the ending. So just be warned. Francis Ha, which came out in 2012 and was directed by Noah Baumbach. It stars Greta Gerwig, Mickey Sumner, Michael Esper, Adam Driver, Michael Zegan, Charlotte Danbois, and Grace Gummer. The genre would be aspirational comedy. Tell me the story of us. Again? We are going to take over the world. You'll be this awesome publishing mogul. And you'll be this famous modern dancer. move in with me you said no but i can't you can you don't want to sometimes it's good to do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it francis ha designed by film aim when did noah bombeck become such a humanist director or maybe he was the whole time and i just didn't realize it i liked his 1995 directorial debut kicking and screaming I sort of liked The Squid and the Whale and Greenberg, but all three films seemed to have a coldness about them that I just found unsettling at times, as if he really didn't like the characters in these movies and had them predestined to be miserable. But then I saw Marriage Story on Netflix a few years ago, and in that film, it felt as if he had an enormous amount of affection for his two lead characters. He loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate. Like the tantrums, the waking up at night. It's almost annoying how much he likes it, but then it's mostly nice. Which makes sense, since it was semi-autobiographical about Bombeck's own divorce, despite what they were going through. Marriage Story is definitely one of the great relationship dramas of recent years, and here I was thinking that this was a new start for Bombeck, but I had not seen this as of yet. This came out six years before Marriage Story. It's black and white and much smaller in scale. It's also a much different type of story about an aimless dancer in New York City trying to find some stability in her life as she's dealing with her best friend getting engaged, being perpetually broke, not sure how to manage her own career, and even unsure about the type of person that she wants to be on her own. It's that thing when you're with someone and you love them and they know it and they love you and you know it, but it's a party. And you're both talking to other people and you're laughing and shining and you look across the room and catch each other's eyes, but, but not because you're possessive or it's precisely sexual, but because that is your person. The dancer is Frances and is played by Greta Gerwig in a fantastic performance, probably one of her last before she would go on to become the accomplished director that she's become today. That's what I want out of a relationship. Or just life, I guess. Love. I sound stoned. <laughs> I'm not stoned. 
Thanks for dinner. Bye. Oh, bye. For this film's entire 85-minute running time, we follow Frances on a series of misadventures, as we often see her saying and doing the wrong things. And the film never seems to judge her for that. It's okay to be falling on your face a bit when you're 27, living in one of the most expensive cities on the planet, and trying to build a career in the fine arts. What's so refreshing about her story and the way this is all presented is that you never get the sense that Bombeck or Gerwig, who co-wrote this movie with Bombeck, are pushing her character into any particular narrative direction, whether it be success, failure, or simply self-discovery. Frances is aimless, but she's not hopeless. One outdoor sequence early in the film demonstrates this perfectly, and it relates to music. I'll get to that one a bit later. Frances Ha came out about 10 years ago, but even from that perspective, it feels a bit like a throwback to the 90s, when independent cinema was still at least trying to tell fun and relatable stories, often about similar characters in their 20s struggling to find their ways into adulthood. Party girl, swingers, even Bombeck's own kicking and screaming to a certain extent. I don't need to go to a campus bar to be reminded of my lack of success with a bunch of thrill-seeking snotty college kids. That's us. We're like celebrities to them. No, we were celebrities. Now going back would be like doing Hollywood Squares. I'm too nostalgic, I'll admit it. And while these films didn't often have conventionally happy endings, they were not nihilistic in that A24 way either. Not everything was being figured out or accomplished by the time that the credits rolled. But there was a sense that our protagonists still had time. And there was still hope. And that's pretty much this film in a nutshell. Seemingly aimless, but never hopeless. Now where do you go to college? Oh no, I don't. I'm not. I'm done with college. But I went here. When I was younger. Weird. For some reason I thought you had to be in college to do this. Nope. I just wanted to get out of the city and I knew the director of the summer program, so she hooked it up. They had room and board. I'm working in the events to make more money. You're super responsible. No, I'm not. It wasn't that long ago that I went here. I'm only 27. And now let's go to the categories. The first category would be the best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film because music is essential to film. This category is just a no-brainer. As I alluded to earlier, there's a scene early in the film when the camera follows Francis joyously running and then dancing through the streets of Soho to a rousing pop song from the late, great David Bowie. There's no real narrative purpose to this scene, except to show our lead protagonist reveling in her youth. Actually, I guess that's what makes it relevant. The song is Modern Love from Bowie's 1983 smash album, Let's Dance. And I can recall it personally being one of my earliest introductions to this pop icon, as this song was both a radio and MTV staple at the time. Of course, it goes without saying that it's damn catchy. Both bombastic and fast-paced, and with such an attention-grabbing opening, no less, which kicks off with a few distinct guitar riffs coming from the legendary Stevie Ray Vaughan, no less. We even hear a reprieve of this song for the closing credits, where those opening riffs land even more effectively. But its signature use is still during that street sequence. Even though the type of dancing that we see from Francis doesn't remotely match the pace of the music, that contrast just makes it work all the more better. Hey, what can I say? I'm a sucker for transcendent dance sequences. I know when to go out. 
The next category would be wasted talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Even though there is relatively little plot to this movie, there is an inciting incident which pretty much kicks off the story as the film starts off with Frances being inseparable from her true blue best friend Sophie, played by Mickey Sumner. Not long after this, we find out that Sophie has just gotten engaged to her longtime boyfriend, and as a result, they will now be moving to France, which sets off an ongoing personal crisis for Frances as she starts to feel lost without her best friend, struggling to settle into a new routine and even to find a reliable home as they were both roommates. Sumner rejoins the story periodically a few times, and I have to say that she's really good, leaving her mark even with limited screen time. We see a subtle progression with her character each time that Sophie reappears, as if she's gradually maturing from the fun-loving playmate that she came off early on via montage when we were watching her run around Manhattan with Francis just making trouble. It's a strong performance with intelligence and heart, and while I would not say that Sumner is wasted in this particular movie, it did have me wondering why we haven't seen as much from her since this movie. Now, she's mostly acted in smaller roles in other projects directed by Bombeck since then, including Marriage Story, but not much else. I honestly have no idea why, but I just would have liked to have seen more from this actress. I was lying. I don't love Patch. I do love him. Since when? When did this happen? It's been happening. That's fucking bullshit. Come on, Sophie. No, you're bullshit. And you're making me feel really bad right now. I want to love him if you love him, but you don't love him. I do. Sophie, I fucking held your head while you cried. I bought special milk for you. I know where you hide your pills. Don't treat me like a three-hour brunch friend. Right, I'm not talking to you while you're like this. And now the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. There is one dinner party sequence about halfway through when Francis is sitting among people who are all more successful and more settled with their lives. And she starts to go off on a tangent about her circles of friendship, watching Gerwig talking in loops about this stuff while everyone around her just responds awkwardly. Well, yes, it's the kind of scene that we have seen many times before, and it's played for both laughs and pathos effectively. But as written and as played by Gerwig, she plays it with just such a level of sincerity and self-awareness that you just can't help but see where she's coming from. I'd love to go to Paris. I'll bet it's magic. Uh, my friend from college, Abby, who moved there with her boyfriend because he works at a bank. In college, she was one of the top five group of friends, but then um, Zoe became closer to the group and Abby kind of moved to the outer circle. Sophie and Abby never totally got along. And then she started dating Paul, who I always thought would have dated any of us, but he ended up with Abby. Well, if you're ever there, we'd just... like yeah. for it to be you. Yeah. I don't see myself getting there super soon, but thanks. This scene does not culminate into anything dramatic. It's just an honest portrayal of someone struggling with adulthood, and it happens to be very entertaining. And now the final category which would be the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. From all accounts, this film was a true collaboration between Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig, and it all shows on screen. Gerwig appears in literally every scene, but her character is well integrated into the story as we see all facets of this character, even the less appealing ones. The dialogue is always on point. Every actor comes off as natural, often given opportunities to improvise. The pacing is brisk, and the whole setting feels contemporary, despite all being filmed in black and white. 
As a director, Bombeck is often making interesting choices, and he was apparently very inspired by the French New Wave cinema, which shows in how he not only uses long takes for some key sequences, including that street dance scene, but also some unexpected edits to transition between scenes and or introducing new characters. The whole loose feel of this film very much coincides with both Francis as a character and Gerwig's naturalistic performance. Gerwig and Bombeck were apparently a match made in heaven, as they would not only go on to collaborate on future films, including the sci-fi thriller White Noise, which will be coming out later this year, but they would also go on to be married. I honestly consider this to be career-best work for Gerwig in front of the camera and Bombeck behind the camera. And for that reason, Noah Bombeck and Greta Gerwig are your co-MVPs. <laughs> Wait, how do you know her? We went to college together and we're the same person. Oh, you're that Francis. But we have different hair. Who's Thomas? And that's what we say. Yeah, I'm that Francis. <laughs> you should know she speaks so highly of you. Well, we're best friends. She's been in my house for Christmas three times. Why doesn't she go to her own house? She's Jewish. She was just saying last week how much she loved you. You saw her last week. Yeah, aren't you a lot older than Sophie? No, we went to college together. Hmm, you seem older. I'm a couple months older. Like, a lot older. But less, like, grown up. It's weird. You have an older face. But like, you don't have your shit together. My rating for Francis Ha would be four and a half stars out of five. Francis Ha is just the sort of charming independent gem that we just don't see much of nowadays. A true small scale character based comedy. If you have not seen this film yet, by all means, give it a watch, and hopefully, you will be as charmed by it as I was. And if you're looking to watch Francis Ha, it's currently streaming on AMC+, the Roku channel, the Criterion channel, and Canopy. And that ends another aimless review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.